Jesus Christ. Amen. Two scripture lessons this morning. The first one from Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 8 and 9. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And for us, for his generation who considered him, he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transmission of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And the gospel lesson is from Luke chapter 23. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no fault in this man. But they were urgent saying, he stirs up the people teaching throughout all Judea from Galilee even to this place. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people. He said to them, you brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I do not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish him and release him. And now he was obliged to release one man to them at the festival. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why? What evil has he done? I have found no guilt in him deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voice prevailed. So Pilate decided that their dead man should be granted. The cross of Christ drew together all sorts of people today and in our Lord's day. Some were followers. Some were simply just caught up in events. And one of those latter people was Pontius Pilate, who ended up playing a rather major role in the crucifixion and death of our Lord. After the eldest son of Herod Archelaus was set aside, Palestine, Jerusalem, was ruled by a procurator appointed by Rome. Pontius Pilate was the, the fifth in line of those. And uh, even though a procurator was normally uh, in charge, responsible for the physical, the fiscal activities, Pontius Pilate had complete and total juridical power in the land. Jesus 
had been brought before the Sanhedrin. He had been placed on trial before them and they found him guilty, guilty of blasphemy. But they had no legal authority to put anyone to death. And so they brought him before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, being a Roman official, being subject to Roman law, immediately asked, what are the charges? What is the indictment? What is the reason for bringing this man before me? And the leadership, the chief priests said, uh, he's stirring up the nation. He's telling people not to pay taxes to Caesar. He is claiming to be the Messiah, a king. Having discovered that Jesus was from Galilee, Pilate saw an easy out. He simply sent him over to Herod, said, this is your problem, not mine. Herod had heard of Jesus. He had heard of Jesus healing. He had heard of the miracles that Jesus performed. He was anxious to see Jesus. He thought maybe Jesus would do a trick for him, something something that would be startling. But Jesus failed to perform for Herod. And so Herod simply turned him over to his soldiers to be abused, wrapped in a purple garment, and then sent him back to Pilate. When the leadership brought him to Pilate, he was, Jesus was taken inside. The leadership wouldn't go into Pilate's residence because if they did, they would be ceremonially unclean and ceremonially unclean, they would not be able to celebrate the Passover. And so they stayed outside. Pilate, was involved in some shuttle diplomacy here with Jesus inside and the, the accusers on the outside. And so he went to Jesus and he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this world. If it were, my followers would rise up and uh, keep me from being arrested, placed into your hands. Those who follow the truth will hear my word. And Pilate said, what's truth? Because someone in his position really would see truth as being that which is self-serving. Pilate goes out to the accusers and he says to them, I've examined the man. I find, I find no fault in him. He is not guilty. He is innocent. Since it was the custom for the authorities to release a prisoner at the Passover, once again, Pilate saw an out. 
I will follow the custom. I will release to you a prisoner today. And the accusers shouted out, give us Barabbas, not him, but Barabbas. Barabbas was a robber, an insurrectionist, a murderer. They would choose Barabbas over Jesus? Turn Barabbas loose in our midst. But that one, that one put to death. We can't put him to death, but you can. We have a law that says since he proclaimed himself to be the very son of God, he must die. At that point, Pilate was even more concerned and he went back to Jesus and he said, who are you? Where do you come from? And Jesus answered, not a word. Pilate said to him, don't you understand? I have the authority, the power of life and death. And Jesus said, the only authority you have comes from above. Pilate went back out once again and said to the people, I find no fault in him. I will release him. And the people said, if you release him, you are not Caesar's friend. And there is the crux of the problem. Pilate, so authority, Pilate's very position was based on the support of the Roman emperor. And he had run into problems in the past. He had had images of Tiberius Caesar erected in Jerusalem and was forced to take them down because of the unrest of the people. Tiberius Caesar, on complaint of the Jewish leadership, required demanded, ordered Pilate to take down some gilt shields, which are symbolic of the power of Rome. Pilate couldn't afford another complaint to Rome. Pilate was faced with a choice. Was he to do that which he knew was right, to turn loose this one standing before him who he adjudged, who he knew in his heart was innocent? Or should he simply go along with the accusers for the sake of his own well-being? Should Pilate sacrifice one who knew who he knew to be innocent? 
for the sake of his career. Shall I crucify your king, he says. And the people, the accusers, just as untruthfully as far as they were concerned, say, we have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. Crucify him. And Pilate turned him over to them to take him out and put him to death. When I was serving in Corpus Christi, one Lent, I had an old rough-hewn wooden cross laid across the front steps in front of the altar. And I said to the people, when you come right down to it, it is our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. And I invited them to come forward and pick up a hammer and a nail and drive a nail into the cross. And I wondered if anyone would dare do that. Maybe, I thought to myself, I should have had a couple of people placed in the congregation, you know, that would come forward and get things going. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have worried about it. First one came, and then another, and then a steady stream. Some of the older ladies came forward, picked up the hammer and went bam, 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 scared the living daylights out of me. I didn't think people would be so enthusiastic. But the point was made. It's our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. Pilate had a choice to make, and he chose for himself, for his own benefit, for his own career. When you and I are faced with a choice between good and evil, when we're forced to choose between right and wrong, do we choose that which is to our own benefit. And then rationalize it as the right choice, or at least the right choice in the present circumstances. What are we willing to sacrifice for the sake of our Lord? What unpopular action are we willing to take to walk in the footsteps of our God. When you come right down to it, Lent isn't a time to beat up on ourselves, to simply rehearse all of our faults and failures. Lent is a time to realize the greatness of the gift that God has given us. God sacrificed his son for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us.
And Jesus Christ rose from the dead so that you and I can have newness of life. Lent, really, when you come right down to it, is the reason for Easter and proclaims to us the wonder that God himself has made us the family of Christ. Amen.